So for those, uh, those that don't know us, uh, I see some new faces and uh, some familiar faces, but my name is Brad, and this is my lovely wife, Selena, and we have the privilege of leading the pastoral team at our North Campus there in Warrior. Uh, so just always, I just say this, uh, come see us sometime, you know, on a, on a Sunday. I mean, not uh, taking you away from here or anything if you've got duties, but if you'd love to see what we're doing as a church family all around, we uh, start at 1030. Uh, and stuff, and you can just uh, get the address from us. I'm easy to find, uh, and I'll just say that I'll th- you know, my name is Brad B R A D, last name Holloman H O L L I M A N, and you Google that, and I am easy to find, right? <laughs> so if you haven't befriended me on Facebook, please do so. Uh, if you would like my cell phone number afterwards, all you got to do is come and ask for it, and I'll be glad to give it to you. Uh, and always, I like to say this, uh, our address is 1711 Greenbrier Drive, Fultondale, Alabama, and dinner is at 6 o'clock Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So just come on. You don't have to call. Uh, just show up. If you show up, just bring something with you. Uh, that's all we say. And, and, and I'm waiting for people to know that I'm serious and take me up on it. And so, but every, now I'd say Tuesday and Thursday too, but we do, actually, if you want to join us on Thursday, We do our midweek service on Thursday nights uh, at the church, and we do dinner at 5.30. And so, uh, again, if you want to come and join us for dinner on Thursdays, just bring something with you, uh, and we'll be glad to have you. Then we kind of do a little bit of a different uh, thing. We kind of do our version of Saturday morning prayer and kind of question and answer uh, on Thursday nights. So Thursdays is a little bit of a different uh, critter uh, than what... Uh, we do on Sundays. Does that make sense? But that's a little bit about who we are. Um, I guess anything else we need to tell that those that don't know us, she uh, woke up this morning. She still loves me, right? Is that the way that works? That's the way it works. Amen. Good. Yes. So I always say I woke up and she still loves me. So I started out the day winning, right? And this so year we celebrated our 25th year anniversary. Yeah. Uh, we have six kids and uh, our 19 year old just got engaged this last weekend. Those that know Sophia. Yes. So that's a very exciting. That's our first our first foray into that uh, sphere. <laughs> so, and our youngest is 10, so we do kind of run the gamut there. Gotcha, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, so what we're gonna do today, what have y'all been talking about? About family. About family, okay, guys. So this month has been about family. Uh, very, very, very good. So we uh, kind of, we were asking what it was and, and Miss Wendy said, well, share whatever's on your heart to share. And I was like, okay, well, that's a loaded question. Uh, or a loaded offer. And we can totally take what we were doing and apply it. To yeah, absolutely. So we're, we're going to talk about that. Have something that is in our heart we want to share along that that can tie into family. But with that, before we jump into that, I always like to do this. Whenever we're here and we're doing this, uh, questions are always open. So all you got to do is raise your hand, ask a question. Uh, you're not interrupting at all. Uh, it's all part of what we do and why we do it. So do please feel free to ask questions as you would. And so with that, in question to family, do anybody have any family questions? Any things that y'all been talking about family or anything you would like to hear discussed about family? Because we really do thrive on just answering the question. Yeah, absolutely. So, so it, it's not going to be, you know, out of, out of Character. left field or anything. Just if, so if you have, have had a question that's been nagging at the back of your mind for a while, whatever that is, go ahead and, and you can ask. Ask away if you want to. Just to give yeah. it. Yes, sir. Uh, when you get married and you have kids and a wife, how do you uh, start a family uh, 
Fa's devotion? How did you break it gotcha. in? Because I know as a family, you know, you got to have God in the first, first with you and, yep. and, and, a, and a husband. Absolutely. But how, how do you bring everybody into one? Perfect. As, as far as praying together, staying together, eating together, gotcha. being a one unit. Beautiful, awesome. Ooh, I love that. So let's answer that awesome question. question. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 6. We'll answer that. Now, brother, what's your name again? Everett Conway. Everett? Everett. Everett. Brother Everett. Yes, sir. There's a town in Washington State named after you. Everett, Washington. We've preached there before. Um, are you married and got a family, brother Everett? Yes. Not yet. You're, you're, you hunting? I'm, I'm always hunting. Are, are, always very good. Good. Because now, now I, say that, I say that in this way. So, so remember... It, it's he that finds a wife, finds a good thing, and obtains the favor of the Lord. Not he that bumps into one. So, so remember, the verse talks about the pursuit and hunt. Right? So ladies, I mean, I, I'll tell you this joking. You can share this with other single people you know. Um, every Easter, we do Easter egg hunts, right, with our kids. And ever since they were little, right, uh, we would look at the bigger ones and go, now listen, if you go out the door of the house and you see an egg sitting in the middle of the yard on the grass, that's for your one-year-old. That's for your little brother, <laughs> right? That one's not for you. You go hunt. The you other ones, the trees, okay? yeah, you go hunt. And then we came to Alabama and uh, Selena and them happened to be on an Easter, happened to be down in Homewood at the park down there. And there was a whole bunch of stuff going on and police officers were there. And Selena asked the question, well, what are y'all doing? And the police officer said, well, we're doing an egg hunt for the blind children. And we were like, pardon? That seems <laughs> kind of... one do that? <laughs> and he says, well, inside each egg is a little chirper. Cheep, cheep, cheep. And, that, and so the little blind children can go and find the eggs. Yeah. So this is what I say, ladies... Make sure you can be found. <laughs> and remember, in our day and age, we have a lot of blind squirrels. So you, you may have to cheap. <laughs> you, you may have to cheap and go, I'd like to be found. You know? <laughs> right? And so, 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 Brother Everett, find a wife. Yes. Right? Ladies, let yourself, men are not predators. No, they are not. Can I say that out loud? Men are not predators. Good men are not predators, right? Good men find. They hunt, mm -hmm. right? They're on the look for a good wife. Mm -hmm. Amen. We are losing that in our current culture yes. with feminism and a rampant fear of men. Yes. It's ridiculous. Does that make sense? Anyway, so back to Brother Everett's question. What do you do? So Deuteronomy chapter 6. <clears throat> Uh, let me see if I'm looking at this right. Da, 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 da. <laughs> I might have to google this one. Say, You know the one I'm looking for, right? Yes. <laughs> is it six or is it four? It might need to be. I may be wrong. My lovely wife is going to help me. Six, seven, and nine. That's what I thought. Okay, cool. Anyway, so here we go. So here in Deuteronomy, it says, in verse four, Deuteronomy 6, 4, it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And just FYI, that was the verse that Jesus quoted, right? When he said, this is the greatest commandment. Verse six says, and these words, which I command you today, shall be in your heart. Notice verse seven, brother Everett. You shall teach them 
diligently to your children. Now, I want you to underline the next four phrases. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house. There's one. When you walk by the way, there is two. When you lie down, there is three. And when you rise up, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and you shall carry them as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them upon the doorposts of your house. So in this one passage, God tells us about four opportunities in the day that seem to be ordained best for discipleship. Did you see that? When you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up. So to Everett's question, how do you institute family discipleship? I encourage people, take advantage of the four times a day God said, hey, listen, these are opportunities that I put in each day where it seems that the word will be sown best. So we like to say it like this. We need, with families, we need a morning routine. And this is where I shine. And this is where she <laughs> shines, right? Because if you have a routine, mm -hmm. then you know it's built into your day mm -hmm. and everyone knows to expect it, right? And you can craft that depending on you know, where you're at and how many kids you have, what their ages are, because it will change over time. But you get to craft that routine. Yep. It's just being intentional about those times to wake up and go, this is a great place to put a routine in here. Some kind of a habit. Yeah. Some kind of a tradition, if you will, yep. for our kids. So let me, let me say this real quick. Because I look across the room and I see a lot of our more uh, wiser believers here mm -hmm. that may have children who have left home. And you might be in grandparent mode. Remember, these apply for us as well. They, they don't just apply only to parents with children. Mm -hmm. These are great moments in the day for us mm -hmm. as individuals. Yes. These are great moments for us to institute uh, for our grandchildren. Mm -hmm. Does that, for any part. So don't just look at it as, as just only for like we are. We still have a 10-year-old at home. So we have uh, a little, littler person with us, mm -hmm. right? But here it is. So they're a morning routine. So every morning we institute with the kids, especially when they were little, we would sit around the table at breakfast and we would talk about the word, mm -hmm. right? If I could, you mentioned something, Brother Everett, here, I, I encourage every man to reclaim his table. Do you realize that most people no longer eat at the table? Most people eat in front of the TV. Or they grab their food and go to their room. Yeah. So that's not a family. That is not. So reclaim the use of the table and men reclaim your place at the table. Right? There is a seat at my table that is mine. Yes. And what I have loved to see over the years is because I claimed it, my kids fight for it when I'm not there. <laughs> and I come in all the time and somebody's seated at my place. And they look at him. And they look, and I don't get mad at them. I realize that it's working. Yes. Does that make sense? So that's the one. So one is that, so when you sit in your house mm -hmm. is another, and we say that's dinner time, mm -hmm. meal time, <clears throat> time at the table, mm -hmm. right? When you sit in your house, claim that time for discipleship, right? Yes, ma'am. Are 
easy because they will follow me irregardless. The way God designed things to work, my children look to me. That we love our, our ladies and I'm not picking on moms. And this is not, we're down on women. We, 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 actually, we have a, a young couple that are staying with us, new friends we've met. Uh, they live down in Mobile, long story, but they literally came up to spend the weekend with us. And their little guy, yeah. who's two-ish, little guy runs to dad. And, and the mom is one of Selena's old friends from Guatemala. Yeah. So they kind of grew up together. And so you can kind of see the disappointment that can happen in the little mom because she's like, well, what about me? I mean, I, I gave birth to you. I've nursed you. I changed your diaper. You know, I, I did all this. But we've learned over the years as an example, all children, irregardless of gender, between the ages of about 18 months and three years old, will seek out father. They will turn. And for dads and granddads, this is your window. You are looking for the turn. You were looking for when that young child mm -hmm. is, is going to look to you. Mm -hmm. And young girls are looking for dad to say this. You are beautiful mm -hmm. and worth being pursued. Yeah. And young men are looking for you to say you're dangerous and you're strong and able to fight. Yeah. That's why little boys, they flex muscles. Right, the little boys—they like to stick anything that's a stick in their belt, and it's a, now a gun, a sword, a knife, a bow. A bow. Right? Why? Because they're looking for dad to say you're dangerous, mm -hmm. you're someone to be reckoned with, you're a warrior. Mm -hmm. You're, and they're—they're they're Listen to me. It's the window of identity. Yes. Many fathers miss the window. But come back to Miss Kathy's question. We've been aware, but I've been aware that as a father. My children follow me. Right again, how do we help our young girls pick good men? I become one. Does that, they follow by example. They, they, they follow me. How, how do I help my young man not be a lazy slug? It's because he sees me work. Does that make, yes ma'am. Father took out a cigarette and started smoking. Yeah. Little son picked up a twig off the ground and imitated what yeah. his dad. That's still, yeah. That's still, yeah. That he just picked a twig yep. and started doing what his dad. That's exactly right. And that's and that's and and yes, ma'am. Sure. Sure. Their kids need that, especially if the dad isn't Present. Yeah, absolutely. For single, for single moms, as you're saying, the question is this, is to realize you can't be their father. So stop trying. You can't be both. You can't be both. I know that might be hard to take. You'll do a great job. You'll do what you can, but you just, you can't. So we got to take the pressure off of single moms that they have to be both. They just need to be the best mom they can be for their kids. Mm -hmm. 
and they may have to look, and again, and at, at age appropriate, everybody say age appropriate. age appropriate. At age appropriate times, you may have to look at your children and say, I'm so sorry your dad's a loser. <laughs> it's harsh, but if, come on now, are you with me? You can't sugarcoat it because the kids already know. They sense something is off. And so yeah. if you're not truthful, they're going to start questioning a lot of things. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like this. I'll, I'll pick on my family, right? So my dad was not the best dad. I, I appreciate my dad. I'm so grateful that God gave my dad to me in the sense of because I am here. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But my dad was not a good dad. Right? He did. I, and I can look back now at 50 and realize he did the best he, he understood and the best he knew from his own dysfunction. Right, but I remember being at his funeral with my brother because, see, he divorced my mom when I was 17 and then all kinds of stuff. And for 10 years, I never talked to my dad, right? I never spoke to him alive after he, him and I shared some choice words that shouldn't be repeated in church on the steps of the Columbiana Courthouse. <laughs> and that's the last time I spoke and talked to my father when he was alive, like physically face-to-face. I uh, spoke to him again, another story over the phone uh, a month or so before he died. That's a whole nother, which I'll tell, the, I mean, I'll tell it real quick. So, so for 10 years, I never talked to my dad. And I remember we were living in Mexico as missionaries. And at the end of 2000, we were in Mexico and uh, God started dealing with me in, in my time, in my prayer time or whatever. And, and in my heart, he says, you need to call your dad. And I just looked at God and said, I'm not calling that sorry sucker. And about every two or three weeks, the Holy Spirit would come back and go, you need to, you need to call your dad. And I said, I told you, I'm not calling that man. And I just keep going, preaching Jesus. I mean, <laughs> all this, you know, and, and it, we got into the new year of 2000. It was in January and I'm praying. And, and to me, it was audible. I don't think it was audible, but to me, it was audible. It was right over my right shoulder. God said, I said, call your dad now. And it was like that. You know, when you, when your folks, your mama talks to you and, and she just popped all the slack out your rope. And so God popped all the slack out my rope. And I said, yes, sir. Okay. So I called my mom that know, and I said, can I, can I, how do I get a hold today? And I called and talked to my dad and we kind of talked things out a little bit. And he said, well, you know, he was sick and this and that and the other, and we'll see you in June and all this kind of stuff. And that's the last time I talked to my dad. About a month later, he died. And I was so grateful to God. Thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness. So, 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 yes, I see your hand. I'll come back to you. So anyway, so I say all that, but we go to my dad's funeral. <laughs> and there they're talking because my dad had remarried and all these people are coming up. And they're talking about how awesome my dad is and how awesome my dad. And he was amazing. And me and my brother looked at each other and go, should we go check that box and make sure we're <laughs> at the right funeral? <laughs> Just make sure we're at the right place because we could be at the wrong funeral home. Right? I mean... <laughs> Hey, listen, sometimes, again, the, it's time, again, to, in love, you can still tell the truth, mm -hmm. right? So what do we do with single moms is we, we free them, mm -hmm. okay? If whatever happened, you married somebody and they weren't whoever they were supposed to be for whatever reason, all the stuff, you just have to be honest, lovingly honest, because everybody else knows my dad was a sorry sucker, does that make sense? Now, what you do from there to help out single parents is if they belong to a church family, gentlemen, it's time to fill in the gap. 
if, if, if they allow it, right? But it's time to look. And then I, what I tell young single moms is, to, is ask God to send you fathers. Ask God to send young men into your children's life. Amen. Ask God to, to fill that in with somebody that will step in as a bit of a surrogate. Does that, does that make sense? You know, so that's what you do and in, in, in all that kind of stuff. So, so my mom was a single mom from the time I was 18 months till the time I was six. And that's right when she found the Lord. She mm-hmm. was not saved before that. And her whole thing was, well, God, I thought I was doing the right things. I mean, she knew of God, but she just wasn't saved. Mm-hmm. I thought I was raising my kid the right way. I thought, you know, but we lived in a dangerous political situation in Guatemala at the time. And she's like, I have to do something to protect my daughter. And here I am trying to do the right thing. And for the right uh, thing's sake, I'm now being persecuted. So I, I, it, it caused her to turn to God. And in that moment, she's like, I will do whatever you say. I want to protect my child. I think yeah. that's every mama's cry in yeah. her heart for their yeah. own child, especially a single mom. And so the Lord was so faithful. He started sending uh, different missionaries across her path. And from that point on, maybe when I was around four, I remember going to people's homes, being invited to people's homes for dinner on a consistent basis, probably at least once a week, if not two to three times a week, different people. So that, and I started seeing a functional Christian, Christ-centered family where we sat around the table, where the discussion was God. It wasn't just politics like at my grandparents' house, politics and medicine, because that's what they were. So, you know, it's just like in these homes, something was different. Mm -hmm. So I started seeing that. And the way those dads treated me changed a whole lot for me because I didn't have a dad. We lived at my grandparents' house. So so then, of course, she she thanked the Lord. She came to the Lord. I was about five. And then she started praying for a godly husband and she got one. And I was raised by a godly man. Um, and so, you know, I was, I was brought up in the ways of the Lord. So coming from that, there are different, you know, the Lord just provides men. Yeah. In our case, our kids don't have grandparents, uh, yeah. grandfathers. But it's so important that those men from the rest of the body of Christ step in. Yeah. And that has been a huge deal. Yeah. And so with that, again, to us, men at church, right, realize well, it's in Psalms. I think it's Psalm 68, 6. If you want to go over there. And I, I still know you got a question right there, so I haven't oh, forgot you. I, I didn't, and you answered what I was going to Oh, good. Okay. What I was say. Okay, good. Awesome. Psalm 68, 6. Everybody doing all right? Yeah, yeah. Now, put it, put it, say, everybody say, we love men. We love men. Okay, so Brad's not man-hating. <laughs> all right. So everybody say, we love women. We love women. Right. We understand we love men, we love women. Why? Because they carry the image of God. Does that make sense? And, and you, you may have bad uh, encounters in your life with the opposite sex. There may be women present in the church, not this one, not in this room. I know all not here who don't like men. Amen. You can be healed from that. Not all men are bad, evil, and wicked. There may, may be some men here that you've run into some really snarky, nasty ladies. Not, not in this room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Amen. You can be healed from that too. Amen. We, we need men. 
and we need women. We honor men and celebrate women. I love that. Selena says that so much. We honor men and we celebrate women. Why? Because that's what scripture teaches us to do. Yes. Why? Because both represent the image of God. Yes. Both teach us aspects and we need one another. But Psalm 68, 6, it says this, God sets the solitary in families. He brings out those who were bound into prosperity, but the rebellious dwell in a dry land. But notice that first phrase says, God takes the solitary and puts them in families. Mm -hmm. So men, we have to realize I am a good man, not just for my wife and my children, but I am a good man for those who do not have a father. Does that make sense? My role is bigger than just in my house. Oh, are you with me? One of the main reasons God created what we might call the nuclear family is so that he would have a place to send the solitary. How do you think God is going to be a father to the fatherless? Through us. How is he going to be a mother to the motherless? Through us. Are you with me? Right? See, see, the family is God's smallest, and we'll get there. So the family is God's smallest unit of society. I understand that we live in America. Amen. If you poked me, I'm just as patriotic as anybody. I love our country. However, our culture of individual mentality is not biblical. Does that make sense? We, we, we are raised in a culture. You could probably, you know, I just lifted myself up by my bootstraps. We might say things like, I am a self-made man or woman. Amen. Even the fact that our movies, right, it's the superhero. And he's there or she's there all by themselves, <laughs> defeating the hordes of wherever and countless with no help. And that's Hollywood. Makes a really good movie. It's a horrible way to live life. Yes. That's exactly right. And they need some help, right? They were, as my mama would say, they were blind in one eye and couldn't half see out the other one, right? <laughs> Right? So, but listen, family is God's smallest unit of society. And can I say this? Family doesn't just mean Brad, myself, and my kids. Very good. The way God sees family is always in at least three generations. He's always the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. There's always three generations there. And so... Um, you know, one time I was chatting with my, with my mom because I'm like, mom, this whole paradigm of let me have your kids. I'm going to spoil them and send them home is not working. And it's not biblical. It's not biblical. So we started talking back and forth, which was not lovely at first. It was, was, (laughs) you know, sparks were flying. And I explained to her, mama, if you could please just support what, how we're raising the kids, what we're doing, come alongside us. Mm -hmm. Kind of ask me questions, why we're doing what we're doing, and then it'll help you understand why we're doing what we're doing, because she couldn't get past the fact that I didn't want my kids to have candy, and that was her only love language to give the kids, 
so you can see why it was a problem. But we started talking, and then she started realizing her role was way bigger. Yes. Way more important, way better, and we need her role. Yeah. The parent role is, is amazing, but it's limited. Yeah. When the grandparent role is in place and engaged with God's design, it's powerful. Yeah. So she started actually writing little books and having my kids illustrate them about her faith journey, how she came to know the Lord, how she got spirit filled, where the Lord took her from there and the things she was able to do because of God. Yeah. And now the kids have this rich heritage of faith. Yes. And they see her journey and it inspires them. Yeah. That is one thing. One thing. That as a grandparent she, you know, she can do and it's it, that's biblical. Yeah. Right? Well, and I say that for the again, grandparents, you are the repository of faith. Mhm. And right? a stabilizing factor and in a, a huge way. And, a, and understand that that you are the source of history. Right. If you remember culturally, historically in human culture, it was the grandfather, the grandmother who would sit around the fire and tell the stories of old. Mm-hmm. Right? And 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 pass on the culture and faith and history, right? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? So 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 that I go real quick, I'll come back around. I gotta see that. So we'll come back around. So to hit this real quick, so again, Selena hit a point. So he is, we know him as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Right. We all know this verse from Proverbs. A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. Right. We know that Paul said of Timothy, I love the faith that's in you, Timothy, that was first in your mother and was also in your grandmother. So you see throughout Scripture that when we say family, we're actually talking about at its smallest, a three-generational family. Can you all join me in praying for this because we need this in our churches? I'm asking God for our campus. I would encourage you to do the same. Lord, I want more three-generational families in our church where grandparents, parents, and grandchildren all go to church together. Instead of grandma and grandpa go over here and mom and dad go over here and when kid gets old enough to drive himself, they go somewhere else, right? But that we create places where three, where now, because why? Because the solitary ones look up and go, wow, there's grandma and grandpa and mom and dad and, and they're all serving together. They're all worshiping together. They're all here. Ten minutes. Oh, we got about 10 minutes. Yes, sir. Another question. Uh, well, like when I was coming up, I, I grew up Catholic. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you know, as I got older, I changed my, my religion. Or just, my face just changed as far as I was like, I don't need just the religion. Yeah. I just need Jesus. That's, mm-hmm. that's how I looked at it. Yeah. But, but um, I didn't have my dad come in my room and pray. Yeah. Me. I didn't have my mom come up and pray. But, but they took me to church. Yeah. Now, as I got older in college, I stay with my uncle. Now, yeah. he, uh, big believe in God. The, the uh, routine that you was talking about, we got up every morning before I went to college and worked and did my day. We got up at like 5.30 in the morning. Every morning we got up and he, he got the family around, everybody around. This normal from there, I just knew to me. I'm like, what are y'all doing? <laughs> <laughs> this is crazy. This, it's too early. What, what, what are you doing? You know, uh, but, but he got us around. We, we, uh, 
read scripture. He put yeah. oil on our heads and he sent us on our way. And it's Monday through Friday on Saturday. Sunday we didn't do it. But I mean, just Monday through Friday. Absolutely. Just that, just that routine. Wow. I saw different. So my uncle is still a blessing in my life. But for, for that to show me how, how to do things that my dad missed. Now, my, yeah. my dad believed in God and, and, and he went to church. Uh, uh, and, and my mom and everybody went to church. My granddaddy was there. I was there. Yeah. Things like that. So we do, did have a generation sure. family at, at that church. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, that's, I think that's the difference in my life where whenever the time for me to get my family, I know how it's done because I, I, I seen it. it. That's exactly right. And I seen it. Well, well, let me say this again. And, and again, everybody... Just gonna be nice. Everybody say Brad loves the church. Brad loves the church. I'm just, I'm just one of. I'm just gotta do my disclaimers. Gotta throw them out there so nobody goes out here and Brad's hating on the church, right? But what has happened, unfortunately, in the church world at large, is in the name of all wonderful intentions, we have helped believers abdicate their primary responsibilities, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Again, we have helped, we have created systems and it has unintentionally caused people to think, oh, well, if I just take my children to church, then the kids ministry will disciple them. The youth ministry will disciple them. That'll, and does that make sense? You know, um, there was an old, Selena bought me a book years ago and I think we still found it, but it was written in the early 1900s and it was a book of like 21 Christian disciplines that was passed out. And I remember reading that going, we have lost most of these, <laughs> yes. right? Like things that were taught as, how many of you think, again, it's a good discipline to read the Bible? Mm -hmm. Very good. How many of you think it's a good discipline to pray regularly? Very good. How many think it's a good discipline to generously give and consistently give? Mm -hmm. All right, see, we're familiar. How many of you ever heard about this? It was taught for many generations of Christians that every home was to have a family altar. That there was a place in the home that the father would choose, whether it was the table, whether it was around the fireplace, whether it was where, and the father would pick a time. And the father, as part of his spiritual discipline as a believing man, would gather his family to the family altar. Mm -hmm. And there they would read the word together. There they would worship together. There they would pray together. And it was taught for many generations just as much as we taught you should read your Bible and pray every day because you'll grow, grow, grow. Mm -hmm. Does that mean? There are many Christian disciplines we have lost that used to be taught for, again, hundreds of years of, of church history. They were taught to men. And one of them I encourage men to do all the time is, is it's time, like your uncle did, Brother Everett, to reclaim the family altar. Now, I say that, and I've said that before, and people think I'm talking paganism. I'm not talking about put a chicken on it. I'm not talking about, you know, <laughs> lighting candles and pray. I mean, I'm talking about that in your home, there is a place. That's why I said earlier, my kids know my altar, my place is at the end of my table. Does that make sense? I teach them from there. They find me reading the Bible there. When they come around and they, when they find me engaging with God, they find me at my place at the table. 
And that's why they hunger for my place at the table. When that seat sits empty, they know it must be filled. One day, if Jesus doesn't return and I go home, they will fill my place at the table. Does that make sense? I also feel like having a family time, a family altar, mm. if you will, normalizes God conversations. Very good. So then it's very easy to, hey, who wants to go to the store with me? Hop in the car. Hey, what's the Lord showing you today? To most families, that'd be weird. What you learn in school is more the kind of conversation you have. But what is the Lord showing you today? How are you handling such and such situation? What scripture has come to your heart about that? It normalizes God conversations. No. You know, hey, is there any question that you've been wrestling with? Well, yeah, actually, yeah, I'm not sure. I believe X, Y, Z. Well, hey, let's talk about that, right? But having this central time and space normalizes God conversations, and that is part of the family yeah. discipleship and how. Because when we're at the table, we talk about the word. We bring, we bring in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they're itty-bitties, we read the Bible aloud to them, uh, and, and we always do it at the table. It also helps train them to sit still, mm-hmm. Right? And then um, we do prayer at night. We do some prayer in the morning. Or if we're driving to school, we pray. We talk about relationships and how they're going to yep. be a blessing and all the things. So, again, on our way, while we're sitting, while we're at the table, Very good. on our way to bed. But it's just normal, organic God conversations, which, as parents, we have to be intentional yep. about. Well, I'm going to say that. Say that you a good point. So, again, remember to kind of circle up because our, our time is coming close to end. So, again, when you rise up, there's a window to disciple. When you lie down, a bedtime routine where God is involved, right? When you walk in the way. Now, understand we should probably do some more walking than we do here in Alabama, but we drive a whole lot, right? (laughs) So when we're in the car, when you're in and about journeying through the day, those are God opportunities to talk to your children, to disciple your children, right? Again, as we said, when you sit in your house, Again, principally, when we sit, we, I invite every family and encourage every family, make it a practice every day, share at least one of the meals together. Again, you may have to look at your, you know, when we, when, when it was lit, when they were smaller, it was easy to do dinner. Mm-hmm. Now it's not so easy to do dinner because of their age. It's easier to do breakfast. Mm-hmm. It's easier to start the day that way. Mm-hmm. It does, I, I don't think that, but, Pick a time where you're sharing a meal, and at the meal, you're talking about God. And I love what you just said, because why? Because you're making it normal to talk about things of faith as a family. Because if not, you're just relegating that to Sunday morning, and then it's not part of your life, yeah. right? But this, it's, no, this is how we do life. Yeah, absolutely. And then, and then we'll finally, one more thought, and then we'll open up for questions. Yeah, Wendy, sorry, question, go ahead. No, I was just, two things. Yeah. So repository, repository means like a vault. Okay. It's where you store things. It's a vault. You, so grandparents are the vault mm-hmm. of history and faith, the source. <laughs> All the, uh, I mean, again, it, it, how many of you, you, you would go be with your grandparent or an older member of your family and you would say, tell me the story of. Yes. Right. Tell me the story of. That's what I'm saying. As 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 we age, we become the vault of the faith history of our family. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. When you said leave an inheritance generation. Yeah. That's not necessarily money. 
It, it, it's, it's all of the above. It can be money. I mean, it says, uh, what does it say again? We talk about uh, Proverbs writer. He says like this. He says to us, many says, a wife is from the Lord. Houses and lands are from your father. Right? So God says, hey, listen, you find a good woman. I did that. That's what God said. <laughs> I gave you her, right? She's from me. All that house and all the stuff and the land. You got that from your daddy, but you got her from me. And it tells us men to make sure we understand where that priority comes from, right? Who, who gave me what? God gave me Selena, right? I get to work and build up money and lands and inheritances. And a spiritual heritage. A spiritual heritage as well is one. A heritage of soul. Mm -hmm. We yeah. don't talk about that, right? How many of you, again... Strong soul. <laughs> one, 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 you know, we've, we've... Two things. I want my children to know that your father can be happy. Yes. Because I grew up with one that just... You didn't know which side of the bed, right? I mean, you could get the happy dad. You could get the mad one. And you didn't kind of know. Uh, it's kind of those things where I've said before, you know, if I'm reading scripture right, um, I, I don't have a bad side of the bed. Yeah. You didn't get one of those. This is what I said. <laughs> when, I came to, when I came to faith in Jesus, he saved both sides of my bed. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> there's joy and there's peace. Those are the two sides of my bed. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And, and, and so... You know, those, those, I mean, again, I say that jokingly because in Bible college, you know, we always would call our bed the word. So you could say things like I spent more time in the word today, uh, you know, kind of, I, I was in, I was in the word all night last night. And, and so if, if that's it, then God gave me joy and peace and believing. So those are the two sides of my bed. Does that make sense? And, and, and so, but so, so, but the other side of it is, is strength of soul. Yeah. That, that, that's an inheritance to lead to. That's an inheritance. When my children see me face and they know the... That's why, to a degree, we've not fully shielded our children from life's problems. Mm -hmm. Now, we've endeavored to not complain, whine, mm -hmm. or do anything in front of them, but I've wanted them to see mm -hmm. me struggle in the sense of when challenge comes, when difficulty comes, when, when life doesn't go the way you wanted it to, when things don't turn out as planned, mm -hmm. that they saw me wrestle well. And win. And win. They, 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 saw, they saw the struggle of their own father's soul, and they watched their father from his spirit grab his soul by the back of the shirt and sit his soul down and say, like David said, soul, you will magnify the Lord. Does that make sense? That's, a, that's an inheritance that they see. Does that make sense? And so finally, last thought again on that, because we talked about a family altar. If you just, again, curious about a verse for that discipline, it's in the story of Abraham. If you remember the famous story, Abraham takes his son on a journey. And if you read the story, that was not the first time they did that. That was not the first time Abraham and Isaac went and worshiped God. Because Isaac goes, well, dad, we got the wood and we got the fire. I see you got that knife on your belt. Um, where's the lamb? Mm -hmm. Right. And, and then Abraham said, well, the Lord will provide. Uh, somewhere in the journey between, <laughs> between that moment and Abraham tying his, he said, oh, <laughs> that's me this time. 
okay, this is a new twist on an old story. Right? <laughs> But the point is, it was an old story. But the point was, it was an old story. Mm -hmm. It was not the first time Abraham worshipped with his son, mm -hmm. right? It was this was a familiar action that they would have gone and built an altar, that they would have gone and sacrificed and worshipped. Mm -hmm. It was something that was common. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. Amen. Very good. Well, guys, I'm going to dismiss for time's sake. Just looking at we're at ten tool. Uh, and so if we'll stay here for a few more minutes, if you've got questions, please feel free to come up and talk to us. Uh, love you all so, so very much. And uh, we'll talk to you soon.